0: Another thing that we've lost during this time is we've not been able to do as much as we'd like to overseas. You know, we believe in the great commission of God where it says go into all the world making disciples of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and while we can certainly send our live stream to all the world, and we have missionaries in different parts of the world, uh, we're not able to uh, engage as much as we used to. And, um, and hopefully in the near future, we'll see that different. But today, we have a wonderful opportunity that one of our global partners uh, is here and is going to speak to you this morning. His name is Dan Hollingsworth. He serves in Spain along with his wife, Lynn. And uh, and for those of you that are new to LAFC, I need to explain a little something because many of us will know Dan quite well. He was the interim pastor for LAFC prior to my coming. Uh, he was a member of LESC while he was teaching at Lancaster Bible College and uh, and served here faithfully. And then when there was a need between uh, Pastor Doug and myself, he was the, that person in between to help prepare for my coming. And, uh, and I will say that I am very appreciative of his leadership uh, and his heart. He ended up be, being on the elder board for the first uh, couple years I was here. And, uh, and then we've had the opportunity to partner together as they went back to Spain because they had served in Spain prior to coming to LBC. Uh, and then he's back there now where he and Lynn serve, and you'll hear more about that. Uh, but I've had the privilege of watching them do ministry in Spain, having traveled there a few years ago. Uh, and I believe you're going to receive from a man who loves God very much and loves this church. And so Dan's gonna lead us into his sermon a very a little bit differently, so I'm gonna let him take over at this time.
1: Thanks, Tony. Buenos días. You can do better than that. Buenos días. Oh come on, one more time. Buenos días. Didn't know you could speak in tongues, did you? Oh, It's Spanish, some of you are all freaked out now Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute <laughs> oh, How great to be here this morning How great to be home You make us feel at home here And uh, two years we could not get on a plane and come It was impossible because of COVID And uh, I know that there are other missionaries here That have not been able to go back And so as Tony, Tony said It's been an interesting couple of years and uh, not the contact that we were so used to. But, buenos dias, we're here in the Lord. Isn't that great to be here together? Um, you know, I am a firm believer in what... Uh, I use it actually quite a bit. If you get our prayer things, you know that I often go, da da, da 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 but God. You've seen that, haven't you? I'm a firm believer in, yes, buts. <laughs> it, that is, everything's going this way, but God. And those but God moments are so incredibly important as we walk with Lord Um, I got a but God one this morning yeah see we still get stuff from Spain see you can't see it and it came in right before the service so you won't be able to see it but it's a drone image of the little church of about 40 people who are at the La Posada retreat center where we're serving right now and they're just finishing up their retreat they're about six hours ahead of us so they're just finishing up that's a but God moment you know why Because God asked us to go back to Spain six years ago to help with the national ministry and the Bible Institute that we call Ephesus and and just to help out, right? We get there and a month after we get there, the little church outside of Madrid that we were helping blew up. I mean, just ugly. It was really, really ugly. We went through some of the hardest months in our lives. We didn't know what to do. We were recently arrived and like, okay, so do we stay? Do we leave? What do we do? And here's a church that at the time was about 200 people, about 100 were left, and they had no leadership. <laughs> None, zero. It's like, we can't just let sheep wander around without a, pa- without a shepherd, so we stayed. And we lost friends over it. It was really hard. It's really hard. And uh, when God's children have family spats, they have family spats, and it can get really ugly. But God... Today, that church is, we've now been away from it for a year because of this retreat center. They have their elders. They're doing great. They're back sharing Christ. God intervened and gave us this great reason to celebrate today that there's a church outside of Madrid doing well. Isn't that great? But three years ago, we were meeting for the Bible Institute class at a location that we've been, we had been at for 20 years. It was actually part of our ministry years ago. A ministry that we painted the walls and did the floor, and that's, that was I'm still known as Dan de Leon because it was in that area. And they sent a letter and said, "We've changed how we're going to do things and you're out." And it was a theological shift. They actually became very closed. And we ended up with all of the churches of the entire region being kicked out. And we got there. We were in the class. They didn't have the courage to tell us face-to-face. They sent a letter. We get this letter. And there were a lot of tears. To be honest with you, six years ago, I could see this on the horizon. And I could see the tension. And I knew that someday it was going to blow up. And that was the day that blew up. And we went back into the last three years have been very, very, very difficult for us. We've counted on your prayers a lot. And you don't always see it in our prayer requests, but we've counted on your prayers a lot. The students in that that weekend were doing a worship time on Saturday night, and they sang Cornerstone, this song that we just sang. And they began to sing it and the leaders that were there with us just began to cry and to call out to God. And the song became almost a theme song to us, that our hope is not in man, our hope is in God. Man will always fail you, I promise. (laughs) But God does not. And God is our hope in the middle of all of that. And so we still sing it. I can't sing it without crying, so I'll try. But uh, it's because it brings up all that emotion of a but God moment. Today, we have a new retreat center. It's a miracle. And those churches are now there. It's only been only since May have we been able to have those groups. And they all walk on and they go, Oh, pero Dios, but God. It's the song. I'm going to invite you to sing part of that song, but in Spanish. Mi esperanza es
2: Jesús. In su justicia en la cruz de nadie más dependeré, solo en su nombre confiaré, sing with me, en Jesús fuerte soy, solo en mi roca es. Sobre la tempestad, él es rey. En Jesús, en Jesús. En Jesús fuerte soy, solo él. Mi roca es, soy.
1: Thank you, Father, that when storms hit, you still are king. You are the rock when the world blows itself up. Thank you, Father, that in Christ, as your sons, we participate in that stability and strength and hope that is ours in Jesus Christ. Thank you that it does not matter what man does. You are still the cornerstone of our hope. Thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for letting me share the song. Um, having that song means a lot to us because uh, sometimes uh, times get so hard that it's even hard to read the Bible. Did you know that? You never have that experience. Sometimes life gets that way. And the Lord brings along remembrance of verses, brings along brothers in Christ, and sometimes songs that just remind you, I'm trusting in God, not in man. We're in the book of Ephesians. Tony was gracious enough to let me share in this series from Ephesians. We're in Ephesians. We'll actually be looking at verse 15 and following. The ushers have Bibles if you need one. Ephesians chapter 1. What a great way to start a fall... By looking at a book that talks about what is needed when society is in big trouble. When everything goes dark, we need to remember... In fact, the last couple of weeks, Tony's been preaching from those first verses. I think that's a text we should read almost daily. Because it's an incredible text that reminds me of my identity. You see, the world is redefining everything right now. At least they're trying to. <laughs> I mean, you thought you had everything defined, and they go, no, no, no. It's because they're re- redefining everything, and I don't even have to go into the list. You know it, and it frustrates you, does it not? Well, and by the way, who are you? No, you're not who you said you were. No, no, no. It's incredible what the world is doing. And so God gave us this great letter to the church in Ephesus called the letter to the Ephesian people. And he said that we are something very unique and special if we're in Christ. We are chosen. We are adopted. We are sealed. We are redeemed. We've got, we've got the words up here, I think. You want to read, it? read the words with me, but do it this way. I am, and then we'll read the list. Are you ready? Here we go. I am blessed, chosen, adopted, redeemed, connected, included, and sealed. Okay, so it's a summary of what Tony was doing. I know. (laughs) That's my identity in Christ. Don't talk to me about my age, my color, my whatever. I am blessed. I am chosen. I'm adopted. And only the Father can undo the adoption. And, And Tony just read in Romans 8... Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing. I'm adopted. It's a done deal. a <laughs> great truth. I'm redeemed. Somebody paid a really big price for me, and I, did, I wasn't worth it from my perspective. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. That God up in heaven knew you before he even created the world and said, That man, that woman, that boy, that girl is worth dying for. See why we should read that? This is an incredible text. God has filled me in on everything. I'm connected. I know what's going on because I walk every day with Him. And He he says, hey, Dan, did you know that? Okay, I don't hear a little voice all the time. (laughs) But I got this. And I'm in this constantly. I'm included. And he sealed me because I sometimes blow it. And he said, Dan, I got you sealed. I put a seal on you, a guarantee. Isn't that beautiful? Well, today we're going to start in verse 15. And the reason for going through that summary is because, verse 15, the first three words are, for this reason... If the Bible paragraph starts with, for this reason, you have to ask the question, what reason? It's a context phrase, okay? So he's making us go back to those verses and remember our identity in Christ, okay? So in verse 15, he's going to say, for this reason, you're in Christ, you're chosen, you're sealed. Ever since I heard about your faith Power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. What a tremendous text. This is the follow-up to understanding who I am in Christ. And so here we are for this reason. Ever since I heard about what's going on among you, this is a letter, curiously. This is a letter from the missionary to the church. Normally it's the other way around. This is a role reversal. Isn't that true? Come on, you get our prayer requests too. You get the missionary saying, please pray for Please do not underestimate that, that petition. <laughs> we live and die on the prayers of God's people. Those prayers are not... We do not... That's not just something I do for marketing, okay? That is very serious. If we do not have people praying, we don't do anything. We can't. Because the prayer is what gives us that power. We've got to have people praying. And Paul comes back to the Ephesians and he says, I'm the missionary... And instead of you praying for me, I'm praying for you. So I love this text. This text is for me, it's not for you. So I'm just going to turn my back and you don't have to listen because it's for me. Is that okay? Yeah, it's this, this text is for us, the missionaries. Because look what it says. It says, Ever since I heard of your faith, verse 16, I have not stopped. Actually, if you want to look at grammar, those of you who like grammar, that's the main verb for the next paragraph. That's the verb. I have not stopped. I, I, I don't stop. And then he's going to give us four participles. This is for all you academic people that need the, need the grammar, okay? He's going to give us four participles. First participle is, I have not stopped giving thanks, remembering you in my prayers, verse 17, asking that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, and verse 18, enlightening your eyes. Depends on the translation you're using. The ESV will, will put it in a participle. Uh, my NIV does not, but it's, it's actually a participle. That means an ING word, okay? So, I have not stopped giving thanks, remembering you in my prayers, asking God that He give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And 18, enlightening your eyes. I, let's take the first one. I've not stopped giving thanks This is very typical of Paul. Paul, in in almost all of his letters, starts the letter by giving thanks for the people. Here's some text that I know you know, right? So here's Romans chapter 1, verse 8. First, that is before he says anything else in Romans, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being reported over the world. Here's 1 Corinthians, but stop for a second before we read 1 Corinthians and think. What was the Corinthian church like? Uh, don't ever get there, okay? It was really bad. In fact, they, they were getting drunk at the communion table. I, I, I didn't see any drunk today at the communion. <laughs> Good thing. They were getting drunk at the communion table so much so that some of them died because God said, You're really messing up, brother. You need to come, come to heaven. Haven't you ever read the book of 1 Corinthians? It was a mess immorality, being blessed in the church. It's like, well, the Lord loves you. Go ahead and do whatever you feel like. This was a messed up church. And Paul had the capacity to look at a messed up church and find reason to thank God. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Can you believe that Paul could pull that out? He was always giving thanks. Go ahead, Nate. Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That's from, from the, the book of L.E.F.C. chapter 1, verse 3. Did you catch that? I could say that of you all. Colossians, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. Beautiful. Well, let's keep going. The church in Thessalonica, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Let's keep going, Nate. And to Philemon, a businessman, here's the letter from Paul. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Paul knew how to say thank you. But did you notice something? It wasn't just, "Oh, hey, hey, thanks for being a good church. No, Paul knew how to dig deep. Did you see that? And he had a, it wasn't flattery. He had a real reason to give thanks for that church before God. Paul was the type of guy that when he walked in the door, everybody flocked to him to say, hey, Paul, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing fine, but I thank God for you you flocked flock to somebody. You'd, you'd go run into somebody like that too. Somebody who walked in the door and had the reputation. If you go talk to him, he's going to tell you what you're doing good. Wouldn't you go to that person first? Oh, yeah, you like going to the person who tells you what you're doing wrong. You like the ones who are critical. Man, you should see. I can't believe you did that. Uh, do you go running to say hi to them? No. Oh, Lord. Give me the ability to pray so intelligently, so deeply, that when I see my brothers and sisters, I have real reasons to thank God for them. Our prayers are so superficial sometimes. And we go so quick to the petition. And Paul, before he got to the Corinthians to correct all of their errors, said, I thank God for you because I see this in you. Hey, those of you in leadership... That's something that you and I have a struggle with because we're so overwhelmed by what's going on, that particularly those with whom we don't like to work, and we forget that we just need to find in our brothers and sisters a reason to thank God. Please, become a person who's truly thankful. It'll change not only your church, it'll change your marriage. Did you walk in the door? And thank your wife for stuff. Did your husband walk in the door and you thanked him? I don't know what for. Dig deep. And sometimes you got to dig deeper. True? How about with your kids, your adolescents and your teenagers? Have you gotten to know them so well as young adults that you can thank God for something very real in their lives? And they know that when I get home, I have a refuge that thanks me for being who I am. And please note that Paul in none of those was thanking them for their work. He was thanking them for who they were. is that beautiful? Well, let's go on. Paul was great at saying thank you. But there's more here. We're going to look at, so what was Paul the missionary praying for this church? I want to know what he was praying. Go back to 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, May give you the spirit, by the way, I don't know in your translation if spirit is capitalized or if it's lowercase. Lower? Good. Because it's lower. It's not the Holy Spirit. He's not praying for the Holy Spirit. He's praying for a spirit and understanding a soul that is wise and a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here's the first what. Here's the first what was, I'm asking God... That he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The first one is praying that that, that they would be wise as a church. That they would have wisdom, not just knowledge, but wisdom that goes deep. Wisdom that, that goes beyond the surface. And revelation, which is the word here, apocalypsis, which is the same word that is the title of the last book of the Bible. Revelation. In other words, that this church would be wise and would would be able to see what God is doing. Because if you read the book of Revelation, it starts in the present and goes into the future. And, And John was like, I know what God's up to. And that's the prayer that Paul had for this church. If we go on, there's another what? He prays in verse 18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope and the power. This is another participle. He's praying, Lord, open their eyes so that they will have perspective of what's going on. Give them perspective. Open their eyes. It's the word phosphorus. Where do we use the word phosphorus? You like matchsticks? You know that stuff on the matchstick? And you strike it on the little strip there and it creates fire. And that fire... That That chemical is phosphorus, okay? Um, When we first moved to Pennsylvania years ago, I bought a book on all the inventions from from Pennsylvania. Did you know that before Pennsylvania, before a gentleman in Philadelphia decided on a marketing trick, the only way you could buy toilet paper was in individual pieces? (laughs) True story. And this man figured out he could do a cardboard tube and put it on a roll, and so the common people like you and I could use it. (laughs) Wow, Pennsylvania's famous. Did you know that there's also a man in Pennsylvania who invented the matchbook? And he figured out how to put the phosphorus on there, and then he put on a uh, strip of sandpaper so you could strike it and strike your match and start the match, right? The only problem is when he invented it, he didn't want the piece of sandpaper to get wet, so he put it on the inside, which means that when he stuck it in his back pocket, it caught his pants on fire. (laughs) It's like, oops, (laughs) back to the drawing board. Let's just stick it on the outside. So that's why, true story, that's why today on the matchbook, the the strike little thing there, the sandpaper's on the outside, not the inside. (laughs) Paul is praying, church, I'm praying that God will strike a match and all of a sudden your eyes will be opened. I'm praying that your eyes will be enlightened. As I been reading the text, the word that kept coming to mind in praying for you as a church was, Lord, give them discernment. Give them insight. Give them discernment. Help them to have eyes wide open so they can see what you're doing. Open their eyes, Lord. Discernment is interesting, isn't it? Here's a couple of quotes just to make us think. Okay? Here's the first one. Discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. Discernment is knowing the difference between right and almost right. Charles Spurgeon. Isn't that a great quote? Some people think they have discernment when actually they're just suspicious. (laughs) Suspicion comes out of the Unrenewed mind, discernment comes out of the renewed mind. Romans chapter 12, Joyce Meyer. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. David in the Psalms. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Solomon in the book of Proverbs. I pray for L.A.F.C., that you would be a church with discernment and discretion as ornaments around your neck, like Solomon did. Hey, let's read this last one together. Romans chapter 12, let's read it together. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern in this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Isn't that an incredible verse? Don't be conformed. Renew your mind so that you can have discretion, discernment. And that's what Paul is saying here in chapter 1. I'm praying that as a church, you will have wisdom, that God will reveal what He's doing, and that, that your eyes will be enlightened. Now, I like going on in the text. We're back to the text here, verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. Well, now, back in verse 17, he had said, no, wisdom and revelation so that you know may, you may know him better. And now he's going to say hope, and later he's going to say power. So what did he pray? He prayed that their eyes, they'd have discernment. But why did he pray it? So that they would know God better. Reminds me of uh, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Don't brag about your riches. And don't brag about your might. Don't brag about who you are. Brag that you know me. (laughs) That love justice and mercy. We should be... No, I should be praying that L E F C know God. A big God. Not a little God. A big God. So that when the but God moments arrive, you can go uh, that's God. <laughs> that's God. And you know what? Two years we've been gone, we, we sneak a peek at you every Sunday afternoon because the 9 o'clock service comes on at 5 o'clock in, in Spain. So we'll watch your service and we watch what's going on. Give thanks to God for you. And my prayer is may there... God, be big. May they know Him. I've seen how generous you have been just to this community right here in Lidditz. I've seen what you've done to encourage one another. I We've cried with you over the challenges. But I pray that you would know Him better. And that in that knowledge of God, this verse, you would have your eyes opened to the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. John said in 1 John chapter 3, if you understand hope, hope purifies. Hope is not just some abstract religious term. Hope is the thing of understanding. God is in the middle of this. Hebrews. I walk by faith because I have hope. I can't see God, but I know God. I'm so close to God that that hope drives my life. It even gets to the point of purifying my life. A hope, an understanding that there's something bigger and eternal. Uh, We've come back to the States, and we're excited. We came back and got to hug our grandkids and, and our kids too, but... Grandkids, you know, you miss them. (laughs) You grandpas, you understand that, and grandmas. We praise God for the American church. You have always been an example. In Spain, oh, you're the example for these young little churches in an unreached country trying to make it. And I came back, and to be honest with you, I've been really, really discouraged. I'm not talking about LAOC. I'm talking in general, okay? We were out in Seattle. We were out. So we've seen other churches, okay? So I'm talking general. There's great exceptions to this rule, okay? What word pops into my mind when I talk about the American church today? The American church is distracted. No, no, no. I, I think people are very sincere, and, and I get it. It's distracted. Because they've because the American church has lost sight of eternal principles. And they're worried about human. I'm not getting into politics, okay? What I'm saying is the church is distracted. And I don't know, because I'm not here long enough, if it applies to LFC or not. You take it or leave it. All I know is I see a distracted church fighting over things that have no eternal purpose to them. And you say, but Dan, but Dan. And I say, it's not but Dan. It's but God. And look at the next, next reason he's praying. Know him better, hope, and his incomparably great power. What kind of power are you talking about, Paul? That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead I'm telling you, you don't have to ask God for power. He's already given it to you. The problem isn't God. It's you or me or whoever hasn't opened their eyes and realized that God has offered to work powerfully for us. He wants to do it. The power's already here. And it's the power that raised him from the dead. How much more power do you need? And we keep trying to solve everything in our own strength. And God says, would you get on your knees and pray like Paul was praying for the church, and let me do it. (laughs) We're we're serving right now in a miracle that in the last two years, God has supplied $1.3 million. Where in the world did that come from? Do you know that over 200 from seven different countries have all contributed? Now, we still got a long way to go. There are still bills to be paid and all of that. And people come up, Dan, do you lose sleep over that? I go, "I I haven't lost one night of sleep over that. Know why? One, I don't have the money, so if it doesn't come, it doesn't come, and we just close up shop. But you know what? I got a God who's so big that he decided to do something that was absolutely impossible, and we signed on a, on a brand-new conference center that the churches in the north needed desperately, and the Bible Institute had no other place to go. They had no home, and we signed on that thing in the middle of COVID when Europe was shut down. One year ago, September 14th of last year, we signed on it and couldn't have any groups until May. That is just business. That is not business sense, okay? <laughs> that is not human. That's God, that's a butt God moment. How in the world did we see to go for that? And here's the kicker. The board that did that is a national board. There are 10 Spaniards and me. And they said, Dan, be quiet. We have to decide this. They did. They actually said it in stronger words. But <laughs> here's the thing. They said, we are going to vote. But it's not yes or no. It's yes, convinced, or no. And they, if you ask in Spain, they go, well, God's got the money. We're not worried about the money. It's just a miracle that 10 Spaniards all said, yes, convinced. (laughs) Yes, convinced that this was a but God moment and they needed to let God do what he was going to do. Yeah, they had to take a risk. It's called faith. They understood that if they put the down payment down and didn't pay the rest, they would lose the down payment and there would be a scandal. That's what they had to do. Now we see people, we're without income. Who's gonna handle all this? Well, we've had over 200 volunteers this year come by and give us time for free. And God said, you don't have any money, Dan. You need free workers. Uh, You can't call your American friends, so I'm just gonna send you the Spaniards. And not all believers either, because the believers would come, can we bring our neighbor? So we've had a number, a lot of non-Christians painting and doing things to get this place ready for God's work. Yeah. But God Paul prayed knowing better, hope, power, a power that's far above above all rule, authority, power, dominion, you can't even put a title on it. That's the power that EFC God has placed you so strategically right here you are an example to the work in Spain and in Asia because i talked to the other missionaries too and they would they would get up here and say exactly the same thing you pray because god's power is incredible and and keep the perspective of what god's doing don't lose it don't go don't get so distracted that you miss the point that god is at work so I don't know if this sermon was for anybody here but it was for me and I want you to know you can count on the fact that at least one couple in Spain and actually there's more are praying for you we're praying for you and it's about knowing who we are in Christ and then living that way in that power uh, Lord, Señor I mix up my languages but you don't Lord, thank you so much for being a God who chose us and sealed us and redeemed us. That should cause us to fall on our knees in gratitude to you. Father, I pray for LAOC. First, I thank you. I thank you that they have been a light in this community and a light to the world. Lord, thank you for their faithfulness Do you work a long way away? I read the Graham's letter. I, I read from other missionaries. And I see how you have helped LEFC be faithful to that task, the task of the gospel. And then I come back and I see people, Lord, going out and sharing with their neighbors and going to special things just so that they can get close, so that you can work through their lives to share Jesus Christ. Lord, Jesus Christ... It's what we should be talking about, not politics. Lord, Jesus Christ is the only answer for this world. And so I thank you that LEFC is focusing on, on Christ and his power. Lord, I pray for this church. Open their eyes. Give them wisdom and revelation. Lord, help them to know you better. Lord, give them a hope and help them to live daily in that power. Thank you, Lord, for LAFC. In Christ's name, amen.
3: We're going to respond in agreement with what was just spoken over us. Would you stand and join us as we sing? Amen.
1: That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him in his right hand, far above all, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. L.E.F.C. is not L.E.F.C., it's the body of Christ. Lancaster County needs your example of being above the fray. It needs your example of of preaching Christ and his word. And the church in Spain needs your example of doing the same. Tony and a couple of the others came. Right in the middle of all of this, trying to reconstruct that church in Madrid. They probably don't think they did much, but they did. Why? Because the brothers could see a church that was focused on the Word of God and putting Jesus Christ as the topic for sharing. They were light in the world. You are an example to the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Jesus Christ first, okay? Lord, thank you for this church. Bless them, protect them from the adversary. Do not let the adversary distract them. Keep them on on target, online, Lord, sharing Jesus Christ as the only answer to our world today. Thank you, Father, in Christ's name. Amen. Have a great week. Be an example in your community. Thank you.